it down. Kia everyone, welcome to the Kiwi Running Show, episode number... I don't know what the no, number we're is. We're well over a year, which was one of my goals, was to get to a year. Well, we're not quite at a year. What? Yet. No. Yeah, it, was, it was about May when we started. No. Because we're only up to episode 42. We haven't missed I thought it was episodes. 52 or something. No, uh, 40 something. Okay. Anyway, In, so... <laughs> we're terrible at keep, keeping count, but we're uh, average at podcasting. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, training talk. Hayden, what's on the uh, agenda for today? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, saving time as runners, uh, how to be time efficient with our, with our running training. And it's very apt at the moment because right now um, there's one of your runners just um, scooting on past. Yeah, and yeah, and so this is the, the main athlete that I coach, uh, Keegan. We're down here doing a session. Look, like a lot of people out there, and, uh, and I'll, I'll loosely term myself a runner, um, a lot of runners out there, we live busy busy lives we've got a yeah. lot going on work family friends drug habits what what have you um, speak for yourself yeah. <laughs> and so uh, fitting in your running amongst that busy busy life is one of the number one challenges we all face so we thought yeah. for the training talk we'd just uh, kind of meander through a few little tips as to what you can do to uh, save time and I'm doing one of them right now so I've uh, I've scheduled two things at the same time I've scheduled this uh, podcast recording recording at, at the same time as I'm uh, overviewing my athlete doing some stride outs. Yeah, so. awesome. And also in today's show, we are going to catch up with two lovely ladies who have done the um, quite incredible challenge of completing a marathon on every continent in the country, which in, in, continent, in, the, in the country, in, in the world, in the world yeah. uh, which is more precise, uh, which. Off the, off the sound of it, it's, what, eight continents in the world? Seven? Seven, including Antarctica, which some people don't include. Yeah, and that's where it gets tricky. It is. But well, yeah. Aside from Antarctica, it seems like a relatively easy challenge. Just spend some money on airfares. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then throw in Anta- Antarctica, and that's the one they've just done recently, so it'll be yeah. cool to hear how they got on running in the snow. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to cover off the little bits of news at the end. Fantastic. And so uh, just joining me now is uh, athlete Keegan. So just in, in the spirit of the training talk, uh, I'm going to ask Keegan, uh, how was that stride out compared to the previous few? Uh, felt a bit better. Yeah? Yeah. Faster or slower? Uh, maybe a bit slower. Yeah, so what, what kind of happened? You were leaning over it and relaxing? and Yeah, and focusing too much on the leaning over and less on the getting the power and the strides yeah. up. So maybe go back to that first thing we talked about, like focusing on every footfall? Yeah. Yep, just for the last. How many is that? That's four. Four. Four more. Cool. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right. So a little bit of coaching in action there. So um, how to save time when, you, when you're a runner. Um, I've definitely got a few few thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, but shall we get started with, with why? Why? Why would we want to save time? Um, so a couple of reasons. Um we all have jobs and they generally take around 40 hours a week so that is uh basically that takes up most of our time so in terms of being a professional well-prepared athlete you'd want to just cut that out but unfortunately we all require food and housing and stuff like that so we have to keep working so there's a there's an inherent challenge you add on top of that 
either family or social life and yeah. almost all of us have one of those two things very few of us have both um you you add in the family and the social life and there just isn't enough time to be out spending two hours a day getting in quality training let alone you know we've talked about recovery tactics like taking naps and getting massages just impossible in the context of a busy person so you know and actually we talked about these recovery tactics the previous week and so i thought this would be some good balance to talk about uh the reality of most people's training which is just trying to find the time to fit it in yeah absolutely and if we break it down the flip side of that is the number one thing that will predict your performance as a runner is the amount of time and volume that you put it yeah, yeah so you know if you want to be you know quote unquote a good runner you have to run a fair amount you can't get by on on you know half an hour or a couple of hours a week you need to put in some pretty quote unquote serious volume to, yeah. to get the best out of yourself so it's it's that constant struggle to uh to balance those two two things yeah it is so we're given 24 hours a day each of us yeah probably eight hours of that is going to be sleep eight hours of that is probably going to be work yeah um and then i don't know a couple of hours for eating toilet yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. And then you've got to add in, especially if you live in Auckland, up to two or three hours to commuting. Yeah. So you see quite quickly we're down to maybe three or four leisure hours. Yeah. Where if you have a family, you might have to include spending some time with them, which, you yeah. know, whether or not you like it, that's uh, that's what <laughs> has to be done with families. So, and what prompted this for me was you know I've been really lazy with my own training lately and uh, we went for a bit of a family walk on the weekend and I I kind of found a way to fit in a bit of a run and it's something that with how busy I am I've got to get smarter with so I thought I'd just pick your brain for a few ideas yeah Hayden. yeah yeah so the other way to come at it is a one-hour run is only four percent of the day so that's not a huge sacrifice but when we're talking spare time that three to four hours max Mm. um so we're talking 25 percent 30 33 percent of your your free time yeah yeah that's significant it's funny you put it those two separate ways and it you know don't cut out your sleep that's a terrible idea yeah, yeah. like never don't, yeah. don't don't cut down on sleep yeah, it's not just a matter of waking up at 4 a.m no, getting you, the thing done yeah so look let's let's get into it a few tactics of trying to All put right. it in but the number one has to be the work run right yep, are you with me on run. this yep. yeah, yeah have you ever done uh work running yes so living in wellington especially i used to catch the train to work so i would run it was about 5k including the run to to the station then from the station to work um was by far and away the best way to get to work is the quickest um yep. and i would get in 5k each way and then go for a run at lunchtime oh um, really yeah so a triple day but 10k at lunchtime, 5k at the start, and then 20k in the day. Wow. Bang, just like that. That's so I do nice. that five times a week, 100k. Yeah. Um, and effectively, I was only losing that 45 minutes I was doing for that lunchtime run. Yeah. Um, as far as time out of my day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what about you? Have you done the run commute? Um, I've never done the run commute. I've never had a workplace that has had really, really good... Uh, end of journey facilities which yeah. kind of just kills the whole thing if you can't get a really good shower in and for sure yeah, yeah all yeah. the logistics that surround that you need to have 
um, some office space that includes like lockers and stuff, which yeah, just, just hasn't existed. And there has to be somewhere to put your smelly shoes and your smelly yeah, clothes because if it's yeah. in the middle of the office and you got to doesn't go tie down it up well. in a plastic bag that's got a leak in it, then it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some people do do that, but for yeah. me, I. I guess I've always taken my work really seriously and I, I just doesn't sit well with me having stinky running stuff yeah. lying around the office. I have done uh, a lot of lunchtime running and it's something that works really well for me. Just asserting your, your contractual right to have an hour for lunch. Yeah. No one needs an hour for lunch. This is wasted time. So I'm a huge, huge fan of the lunchtime run. Yeah, and and I've always thought if you can run half an hour a day, you're at the very least maintaining your fitness. Yeah, if if not uh, building on it for some people. So for sure, massive fan of the yeah. lunchtime run. Cool. I reckon we should do another show all on run commuting because I've got some great <laughs> ideas. Um, but yeah. So I think the the other really good one is to, like you said before, incorporate it into some sort of other activity yeah. that you're doing in your life. Family um, activity, right? Yeah, yeah. Family or friends activity. Yeah. So I'll go into more detail. We went uh, and did a bit of a family walk uh, in Okura. So my partner cool. Kelly and the two, uh, we, we were host parents for two Chinese students. So we all went and walked Okura. And awesome. so we walked out for about an hour. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we've had, we've, come far enough and so they turned around and walked back and I just ran out for another 15 minutes nice and then uh, turned around and was running so I ran out pretty easily for that initial 15 minutes yep. and then turned around and came back and then uh, started uh, running a bit faster on the way back and I only just caught them right by the car park nice. and to be honest they didn't miss me they were happy that I was there and I was part of the activity, and I was walking with them and chatting with them for for over half of it. Yeah. Uh, but I got my run in, and so it was really like I was quite stoked with the scenario. And it doesn't always work out that perfectly, but if you do have a, um, uh, if you like to do stuff with, he's looking good, isn't he? He's looking very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, we're talking about your athlete, of course, and so not yeah. just um, picking out random men running running by. But yeah, it, um, Keegan's looking great. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, tall stride and chewing up that ground. Yeah, the team Very for good. World Champs is announced tomorrow. Oh. Um, and so... Need yeah. to bring the selectors down here. And just... <laughs> It'll either be selection or, or court, of, court of arbitration for sport. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, when you're listening to this podcast, just jump online to the Athletics New Zealand website and, and see if he's been selected. And you'll be able to tell just by reading that what my mood is like at that point in time. Yeah, so, yeah. Now nah, we're pretty confident. He should be. He's going to yeah, go really cool. well. So, anyway, where were we? Yeah, so uh, incorporating things into family. You're running into family activities. So yeah. the other one I've heard... Uh, as Dean Carnese's, um, like him or love him or, or dislike him, yeah. um, he he does the little trick of uh, going on a family holiday and he'll get his um, family to drop him off, yeah. you know, 40k from the, their destination, I've, runs the rest of the way. I've done this. I do this with uh, my partner is from Patadadu. Yeah. So we'll drive down to Patadadu and, you know, a long car ride, you know, particularly if we leave uh, on a Friday night from Auckland, we've got a four, four and a half hour car ride to Patarulu. Um She is not upset uh, for me to get out half an hour early. Yeah, cool. She's quite happy to see <laughs> the back of me. So, uh, yeah, that I find that works really, really well. Um, just jumping out 
for me it's 10 kilometers or five kilometers yeah from awesome. from Patadadu. uh yeah that that is a really good tactic again there might I've got a really good friend who's a cyclist and he like has to negotiate these things with his wife <laughs> uh, some of you may just be able to lay down the law and say this is what's happening um, yeah uh, or, or, or it may be no problem but uh, you know I always feel it is a bit of a negotiation you have to get sign off from the better half but yeah yeah it's one that I'm allowed to do and works really really well as well yeah and the good thing about running is you don't need a lot of equipment you just need your shoes your, your shorts top and then yeah. you're away laughing. Yeah. Um, so you can do it anywhere. And and preparedness is the key with that one. So yeah. um, when I'm on a serious uh, running binge, one of my key things that I do is I always have a running outfit with me in the car. Cool. So I always have shorts, t-shirt, or a singlet, and uh, a jacket, shoes, and socks in the car, ready to go. Because yeah. uh, you know sometimes your day just goes to custard. You may plan to do a lunchtime run, and you know, that, that, that annoying uh, stakeholder gives you a call and takes up half an hour of your lunch break or you yeah. have to go and finish the emergency assignment. So having the room or being able to jump Here on opportunities last, when last you miss Here he comes, looking good. Very, re- I just love that he's so uh, relaxed at that speed. So, yeah, yeah. really good, really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, having the resources available to jump on opportunities when you miss... When, when your best laid plans go yeah, to waste. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like I've run out of petrol before, um, yeah. had to do, do the run <laughs> to the petrol station, but that's a good way of getting in some extra miles. Got the running kit in the bat, in the car. Yeah. Jog down, good excuse. Um, the the other point that I would offer is to not discount the, the short run. Um, yeah. And man. so, like, before I got a coach and started actually properly training i used to do every run 15 minutes and then 25 minutes was my long run but 15 minutes i would sort of jog for five minutes and then 10 minutes as hard as i possibly could just smash it yeah, yeah. and yeah. and from that training i ran like 17 30 for the 5k so yeah. um so reasonably good yeah there's um, a lot there's a lot to be said for that and a yeah. lot of people either people like me who have been around for a while and get older and slower or people who are come to the sport a bit later in 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 their uh in as they're a bit older yeah they shy away from the really fast stuff and they never really hammer themselves on runs and you know i'll flag up i'm not a huge fan of uh that as a training philosophy hammering yourself but you know if you've got 20 minutes you can do some hella good training in 20 minutes yeah you know and that's you know it is a good way just you know get this idea out of your head that you've got to have an hour yeah you know which is a quarter of all your leisure time for a day you only need 20 minutes so that's a 12th yeah so yeah really good and and this is my favorite workout um possible to feel amazing um 30 minutes absolute max you just jog easy for about 15 minutes and then finish the rest of the run doing strides so exactly what keegan's been doing yeah. um up and down focusing on good technique blasting it out yeah you're going sort of 95 percent of full speed yeah and feeling great and you finish the run feeling like far out i've got to work out but i'm pumped for the day yeah and I love that when you're in the middle of study for exams or you've got deadlines at work or you've got a lot of pressure on, no time for run aside from a half hour run and a 10 minute shower. Too too many of us will go, okay, what's the uh, optimum training that I can do? Oh yeah, so it's six hours a week. So they'll put in an hour and a half long run and then have four other runs of 
an hour. Yeah. You know, and and that'll be their training. I think there's a real value in going to the low end as well. If you're going to do one real long run, you know, maybe there is room, there should be room in, in your program for one uh, really short little blast. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken to so many people who have run marathons and ultra marathons, and then they run their first mile as fast as they possibly can, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I never knew I could hurt so much." Yeah. Um, so don't discount the the value and the the mental toughness of short workouts. Yeah. They are yeah. really good. Now, what about back to in terms of uh, tactics, Hayden? Yep. You're you're a young man. Uh, with a family and running a business so is there any kind of tactics that we haven't covered that you employ to, to get in your your daily running yeah well when our daughter was younger um, we used to be able to get her in the buggy and keep her in there for more than 20 seconds yeah um, and so that was really good I used to incorporate that a lot yeah um, it is it can be a little bit tricky because when they're too young they sort of just bounce around and it's not good for their health yeah, <laughs> bouncing yeah. in, a, in a buggy yeah and then they get too old and they don't want to lie in the buggy so the, yeah it can be perfect yeah. middle ground that yeah you need to take advantage about of. one year old is about perfect and yeah. you do need the right buggy so it's, it really does need to have a handbrake on for for safety going down those hills yeah um, and a bit of suspension yeah. um, but yeah I would definitely recommend the buggy run put another minute on, per K on your your expected running speed yeah um, especially into a headwind and just cruise take some take some food for the, the baby be prepared to stop let yeah. them get out for a little play around and yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good way of doing it um, as far as running a business I think it's one of the best things and one of the worst things. Um, yeah. I have weeks often where I'm working 70, 80, even up to 100 hours a week. Yeah. Um, and it can be very hard to fit in, in the training, but because I'm my own boss, I can also prioritise the, the training and just say, okay... Um, some people are going to have to wait to get their training plans because I need to get my training done. So yeah, yeah. you do kind of have to put little boundaries around around work and around life in order to look after yourself and um, yeah. yeah, give give yourself some some me time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts? Um, I would say the only other one uh, that I have would be to prioritise running in the morning. Yeah, um, yeah. you know just. I, I, I said don't sacrifice sleep and I, and I stand by that but if you can yeah. get to bed half an hour earlier and wake up half an hour earlier almost all of us if we got up half an hour earlier could fit in 40 minutes of running in the yeah. morning uh, and it's we just don't do it because we don't like it and the reason we don't like it is because we haven't given it enough of a chance yeah. now if you commit to let's say two weeks of getting up and, and more running every morning or running most mornings your body kind of has a little switch after a few weeks and and gets over itself yeah and gets used to it and it is it's quite a different type of running but it is it, it's quite enjoyable and just getting it out of your way earlier adds yeah. structure and order to your life and it and it makes it much less likely that you'll miss a run yeah. so yeah, and be prepared to start very slow um, in the mornings yeah. as well. That'd be the other thing I'd say. Yeah, um, I had one one more point, but it has just left my mind. It was an amazing point. I'm sure it was. It was, yeah, was going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, what about um, you know? I know your wonderful wife uh, Charlotte is a, yeah. is a bit of a runner. Yes. Now, do you guys ever do much where you? 
you know, run as a family run activity together, together, or when we were doing buggy runs, we did a few that were perfect because it, it would slow slow up me enough that we'd both run at the same speed and it was yeah. it was good. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, nowadays one of us is usually taking um, taking Florence and the other one's running. So yeah, yeah. Usually the the couple run doesn't really work. I know a few people that the couple run works but your speed needs to be pretty close or else it turns sour both ways um one's complaining about the speed the other's complaining about the the slowness yeah i get that like um my partner kelly likes to run um although by her own admission she's um not a fabulous runner at all um you know we're talking what has she done like two and a half hours for a half marathon so oh it's good yes no it's average time at auckland half marathon yeah Yeah. yeah, i know but like it it can be borderline painful for me to run with her yeah um so but if you are lucky enough to have a partner who's relatively close in your speed yeah i I still actually think it's it's dicey ground because as runners it's often something we do either with our pack yeah or on our own and those are the two things and and I, I dated this uh, horrific Russian girl uh, for, for a number of years and she turned into a really good runner and would always want to run with me. It became yeah. like a point of conflict in our relationship. <laughs> like I didn't like it. We've gone way off topic here, yeah. Hayden. Do we have any other tips for the... For I, the can't rem- I can't remember my million dollar tip, so we'll have to save that for a future so, show. So, we'll so stay tuned. Wrap it up there for the training talk. Uh, yep. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, we'll jump over to this interview with uh, these two ladies who have done some pretty cool things and it'll definitely give some people some some ideas and some inspiration for going out there and and finding some goals to achieve fantastic break it down Right, so on the phone with us today, we have a a lady who has just come back from a rather cold part of the world, completing a very impressive challenge, and it's one of those one of those real bucket list goals that I know a lot of runners have got of completing seven marathons on seven continents on, in the world. So, welcome to the show, Tracy Hickman. Thank you, Hayden. Yeah. Now, um. Fill us in. Um, the the race was in mid March, I understand, in Antarctica. Which I was sa- saying before you came on the show, the words marathon and Antarctica very rarely form <laughs> in the same sentence. So, tell us about um, first of all how you got down there um, and where the race is, and um, fill in fill in the holes for us about this this crazy event. Will do, Hayden. Um, So I guess I've got used to over the last few years hearing people's reactions when I say that I'm doing a marathon in Antarctica. I'd actually been on the wait list for four years to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you get there by boat, um, which involves flying to Buenos Aires, flying down to Ushuaia, and then boarding a boat and going across the Drake Passage which are supposed to be some of the roughest seas in the world. I bet. Because <laughs> that's what you need just before a marathon. Uh, yeah, yeah. well, it's it's sort of the only link between the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific, isn't it? That, it that is. little stretch of water. It is. Um, wow. And did you get a clear day? Or I imagine it takes a little bit longer than a day? Yeah, well, it takes two days. And wow. somebody was watching over us because we had the calmest seas that they've had in 20 years. Wow. It was like a lake. You could even see the reflection of the boat. Oh, that's amazing. Um, 
So, yeah, so no seasickness on the way over there. And everyone was sort of marveling at how amazing it was that it was even the crew were saying they'd never seen it like that before. So um, so it was a fantastic start to the trip. Brilliant. And um, so obviously you come in and what do you see there? Is it like what we see on the the nature documentaries, just icebergs and penguins or is there some some dirt and some buildings and um, yeah. The journey there for two days, you basically don't see anything at all. There aren't even other ships on the horizon. There might be the odd sea seabird, and that's wow. it. And then you arrive very early morning. So you wake up in the morning, and the first thing you see are icebergs floating past the window. It's surreal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the race itself was on King George Island, yeah. which is in the Shetland Islands. It's just north of the Antarctic continent. Um, so we we did the race there. But then after the race, you carry on the cruise and go to the continent itself. And the closer you get, the colder it gets and the, the more icebergs you see. Wow. One thing that I hadn't expected was pretty much every other iceberg is inhabited. It's either got a seal on it or a sea lion or penguins. <laughs> and that's just, yeah. <laughs> so looking wow. at, open the curtains in the morning, look out the window and see a seal floating by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that is really amazing. And and the race itself, were you running on snow or um, were, were there some, was it nice sealed pathway uh, like the no, Auckland Marathon? Not, or, no, yeah. not quite. Um, so certainly in previous years, they've run on snow and ice. And, and last year, the weather was so horrendous that they actually had to stop the race sort of two thirds of the way through. And a lot of people didn't get to finish. Wow. So I have to say, I, I set my expectations pretty low. And I thought, look, the trip will be amazing. If I don't get to run, then that's fine. I'll just I'll be in the frame of mind that I'm going to deal with it and not let it ruin the trip. But we had, again, the most amazing weather on race day. I mean, it wow. wasn't sunny. It was, it was overcast. Yeah. But the route is you do six loops between the Chinese and the Russian bases. And the road that you go on is a bit like a gravel road. It's um, it's quite heavily salted because it's used by a lot of traffic between the bases. And so even though we had to do six loops and on the second loop, it snowed a little bit. But the snow didn't settle because of all the salt. Um, So, yeah, and it was it was quite muddy in places. It was quite hilly. Um, And the. Initially, I was a bit apprehensive about doing so many loops because I thought, oh, this is just going to be so boring. <laughs> but because there are, there's 100 runners on the ship and you get to know everybody and the, the two days of traveling there. Yeah. So as you're running around, there's no supporters at all. But you <laughs> see the see the runners every time you go around on a loop and you all sort of cheer each other on. Brilliant. So, so yeah, it's a great atmosphere. Very cool. And um, did you see any wildlife out on the run? Any, yeah, so any at encounters? the very start, there were some um, gentoo penguins, which are sort of the natives in the area. Um, and as we we're running the race, you could see the icebergs and the glaciers and things in the distance. That was quite surreal. And quite a lot of, even though there wasn't snow and ice on the road itself, right next to it, there was a heap of snow and, and frozen lakes and things. Wow. And then at the very end, we had the most amazing experience. There was a, an emperor penguin came oh, wow. And awesome. he stood under the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um it's it's a little bit sad because he was way off course he should have been yeah. been a, a long way south and i i don't think it was going to have a happy ending for him yeah. but um but yeah we got to experience that and again the crew most of the crew had never actually seen an emperor penguin because wow. the ship doesn't normally go to those areas yeah, yeah. so yeah oh very cool sure. that, that, yeah that's amazing um so does some of your finish line photos include um, some of the penguin? Or? No, not my ones. But um, at the end, a lot of people took photos just of the penguins standing under the finish line. Wow. And I've got a couple of those. Very cool. Now, for people who might be considering this race, like what would you recommend as far as gear to take? I, I imagine trail shoes are the, the way to go, but. You've yeah, got to so be prepared for some pretty cold conditions as well. Definitely trail shoes. I mean, yeah. the, the temperature can be anywhere between minus 5 and minus 20, depending on wind chill. Yeah. I actually trained, I've got a client who's got an industrial size freezer, Dad's oh, Pies up in Silverdale, and they let me train in their freezer. Just so, wheel uh, the treadmill in? And... No, no, I actually ran around it. It was big enough to run around. Oh, so amazing. I stuck all my gear on and, and I went... Um, tried tried all my gear out and realised that I got really cold just after a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so then I went and, and bought some new gear. And so it was really good to actually try that. There was a crew on the boat from the Tauranga area um, and they did the same. They practised in the local freezer sort of quite a few times. Because one of the things is training for it. It's, it's always at the beginning of March. Yeah. And it means for us, we're training through our summer and the heat of summer. It's not ideal conditions. So if you've got an opportunity to get in into an industrial freezer, it's it's good practice. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a tricky balance getting that clothing right because you can easily wear too much and not be able to allow your skin to breathe. Um, but on the same token, worse than that, you can get caught out being too cold. So yeah, yeah. Well, I don't believe it. There was a guy off because there were two boats, and there was a guy off the other boat when they, in their race who decided to run in shorts and singlet and gloves, <laughs> and that was it. And um, he was always one. The org yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't listen to the organisers and, yeah. and understand that it maybe wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. But um, they said he was pretty frozen at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had. Um, I had one layer of leggings on the bottom and I had four layers on top. Wow. Yeah. I had a, a balaclava and a hat and two pairs of gloves. Awesome. And I shed one pair of gloves during the race and that was it. Everything else I kept on. So wow. yeah. it was it was pretty cold conditions still. They said with the wind chill it would have been around minus ten. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose you want to be on the side of uh, of warmer rather than colder, but also that, that layering allows you to um, just shed you know a, a smaller amount of clothing rather than wearing a, a big jacket and having to um to throw that off and really reduce your your temperature in that way absolutely i mean i've tested a, quite a few different things and in, in marathons over the years and um and i find that sort of merino layers work really well because cool. they they allow you to sort of work and then i've got a good windproof jacket so great oh brilliant um 
Now, did you go after a PB in this race? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Far from it. I decided it's probably the first and only time that I'm ever going to run with penguins and, and <laughs> icebergs and so on. So I, I just took it nice and steady. And then on the last loop round, it was probably my slowest loop I've ever done. Um, yeah. As I stopped every few minutes to take photos. Oh, good um, on you. And yeah. taking photos of the other runners and of me and taking lots of selfies, lots of videos. It was just, it was really good fun. There's a cutoff, so you have to finish within six and a half hours. Okay. And I knew that I was well within the cutoff, so I wasn't worried about that. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, you've got to really embrace that um, opportunity. It is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, it takes four years just to get into the thing, and then um, it's probably not something that's easy on the uh, easy on the pocket as well. So No, uh, it's, it's uh, not. It's quite pricey. But I think yeah. one thing to think about is that it's not just about the run. Um, yeah. They're amazing. There are 100 runners from all over the world on the ship. So hearing their experiences and tales of other races was really motivating. Oh. A lot of people brought their partners with them. And there was also a half marathon, oh, no, which no. had a six and a half hour cutoff so people yep. could walk it. And, oh, um, awesome. and so there were about 30 people who, who were doing the half marathon. That was great. Great. And because once the run is over, you then carry on cruising and you, you get the most amazing wildlife encounters with penguins yeah. and whales. So yeah. there was a lot more to it than just the run. And, and yeah, so it made it more of a holiday. Yeah, very cool. Oh, brilliant. Now, this run was the, the culmination of the, the Seven Continents Challenge. And I know you, um, you've had a partner in crime um, and your friend Jo Sims, who, who's done, all, has she done all the races with you? No, we've done a few races separately where we've yeah. done them sort of in different years. Um, but the majority of races over the last few years we've done together. We've probably done, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 marathons together. Oh, brilliant. And, um, and we do most of our training together. So we, oh, we discovered early on that we run at pretty much the same pace. And she's 10 years younger than me, but yeah. we, um, it evens out. I, I'm better at uphill. She's better downhill. So <laughs> between the two of us, we, can, we generally end up in the same place. Yeah, pull each other along. That's, yeah. that's good. Now, she was going to join the show tonight, but she's uh, down with a little cold. So must be coming back to the, um, the tropical weather back here. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, it. No, it's a shame she can't be here. Yeah. It would have been good bouncing off ideas from each other. But, um, but no, certainly we've doing all the races together has been fantastic because there have been times where one of us has had a bad race. It's very rare that both of us have had a bad race. So the other one's been able to pull, pull each other through. Oh, that's very cool. Now, um, take us back. Uh, when did this running bug kind of hit for you? What, what sort of what sort of sparked all the madness? <laughs> well, I've, just, I've always loved running, and it probably because it's been the only thing, sporty thing that I could really do. Yeah. When I was young, I, I couldn't swim. I was hopeless at anything to do with the ball, so team sports <laughs> were out. Um, but running, running worked. So awesome. over the years, I, I used to do sort of quite a few short runs. Um, and then when I moved to Auckland, so 10 years ago, yeah. I didn't know a soul up here. So I thought I'll join a running club and, and get to know some people. And everyone else was training for a marathon. So I thought, yeah. oh, why not? I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, and uh, you may as well give that club a, a, a plug. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Get Running um, yeah, is the club nice. that I joined. Oh, Gaz wow. Brown does an amazing job with beginners. Yeah. Um, so he, there was a whole group of us, probably about 20 of us, that he got through our first marathon. Brilliant. And we've all kept in touch. So whilst we don't 
run with the club anymore. We're all do, off doing our own thing, and some of them have got into triathlons, and some people aren't aren't sort of doing as much running, but yeah. we still meet socially. Awesome. awesome, yeah. The friends you make on out there training um, are definitely lifelong friends when you're going through that sort of hardship together and sharing those experiences. Um, now, what was that first marathon you did? Um, the first one was actually Auckland, yep. um, 2008 Auckland Marathon. And and it was it was amazing. The training for it was really good. Gaz had done me a training plan and I did every single run on the plan. Well done. And at oh, the end, when I told him that, he said, oh, I thought you'd only do about half of them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I was pretty well prepared. And on the day when the race was over, I sort of thought to myself, oh, is that it? That wasn't as hard as I yeah. thought it was going to be. So um and unfortunately, the day after my first marathon, my mother passed away oh, unexpectedly, wow. um, which pretty much destroyed that marathon high. And, and every time I, I thought about that first marathon, I, I sort of equated it with difficult times. So Absolutely. I thought, right, there's nothing for it. I'm going to have to do another one so that I keep <laughs> that running high and, yeah. and um, have a better experience. So entered for Paris um, and did Paris in 2010. And that's where I met Joe training for the Paris Marathon. Great, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, and so Paris is your first in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. And then when did that idea of hitting all the different continents um, arrive? And um, yeah, what, what was next? What was the, the progression of getting these marathons done? <laughs> Oh, look, it, it took a little while, actually. So I was at the start, I was doing sort of one a year. And yeah. um, and then so did Paris. And then I, I did one in Sydney. And then Joe and I went to the Outback. And we did we did a marathon around um, Uluru called the Outback Marathon. Yeah. And we'd oh, actually wow. entered for the half. But when we got there, we thought it's a long way to come just to do a half. And <laughs> They said if you if you swapped up to the full and halfway round, you just felt you could only do the half. You could still just swap to the half and get the medal. Oh, nice. So um, so at registration, we swapped up to the full. We <laughs> hadn't actually trained for it, but we thought, oh, what the hell, we'll give it a go. Yeah. So we had to go. We didn't have the right gear with us. We had to go and get some new nutrition, and and I had all <laughs> new running shoes and everything. So it was yeah, yeah. it was pretty much breaking every rule. Yeah, we loved it. Um, it went really well. The race went well and we had a great time. And we, so this was the first time that we'd run a whole race just pacing each other side by side. Cool. And so when we'd finished that, we thought, oh, actually, that was it felt a little bit adventurous um, yeah. and it was good. So what can we do next? And then we planned our next adventure, which was Africa. And wow. we went to Kilimanjaro and did a, a marathon in the foothills of Kilimanjaro. Wow, amazing. And we thought, well, since we're there anyway, we might as well climb the mountain. So yeah. we gave ourselves a day's break and then we, we set off on the climb. <laughs> and um and that was so at the top of the mountain when we summited yeah. it was the equivalent of minus 25 and it was such a fantastic experience doing that so we thought wow. oh yeah if if we're going to run and, and run lots of marathons we knew that we could do road marathons because we'd done quite a few of those so we decided to to try um slightly more adventurous ones Nice. So, now, so, I, I have to just stop you there because Mount Kilimanjaro is, what, 4,000 metres high? Um, no, 5,795, 5, I think it is. It's, it's just under 6,000. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so that was two days after running 42.2 <laughs> kilometres at altitude. Yeah, but the um, 
the the marathon wasn't too difficult. I mean, it was a little yeah. bit hilly at times, and the, and half of it was off road through sort of coffee plantations and things. But it was a lovely run, and um, so yeah, recovery was pretty good from it. Yeah. Oh, well done. That that's definitely an impressive double. Um, <laughs> oh, it'd be a shame to go there and not climb the mountain, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. it's more of a hike than a climb as well. Yeah. 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 It's 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 no um no Everest. No. Um, no. <laughs> Now, so you've done Africa, Europe, uh, Australia. Uh, what was the, the next continent you, you ticked off? Um, well, I, we, I did New York. Um, oh, Joe had actually done that previously. Um, so I did New York with my partner. It was his first marathon. Yeah, cool. uh, so that was a pretty good experience. And in the meantime, Joe and I had, had planned to do one in Asia. And she'd found one in Mongolia. So we thought we'd give that one a go. It's called the Sunrise to Sunset. There was a hundred k and a marathon, and we we did actually think about the hundred k, and we realised that we hadn't hadn't really trained enough. We didn't have enough time to to get ready for that, so we just did yeah. the marathon. But um, I say just did the marathon. The marathon had, I think it was two and a half thousand metres of of elevation. Wow. So <laughs> it was up in the mountains of Mongolia, yeah. and. Um, and it was another one of these ones where you you go away for a week with a group of runners. You have to stay a, a full week at the camp. Wow. Um, and there were runners from all over the world there. And unfortunately, about half the runners there, including me, got food poisoning the night before the race. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's horrendous. There's literally all my carb loading for the day reappeared. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it was, I finally stopped being ill at about one o'clock in the morning and the alarm went off at two to get up for the race because oh, it was yeah. in the dark. And it's the first time I, I was queuing up for the gear check and they had to get a seat for me to sit down because I was feeling so weak. Oh, how on earth am I going to do this? Yeah. But Joe got me through it. So we, um, wow. the first six kilometers or so was through forest and it was dark. Okay. So we'd always planned to walk that bit. Yep. So, um, so yeah, walked the first 6K and then we just did a really gentle jog. And I had a couple of bits of bread that I'd taken from breakfast that sort of sustained me for the first half of the, the race. And I actually managed to keep a gel down. So that was good. But it's the first, we were out on the course for nine hours. Wow. And it's it's the first time I've done nine hours on one gel. <laughs> that is that is absolutely phenomenal. And how did you feel afterwards? You oh, I um I felt pretty flat because I was just so exhausted. Yeah. But once it had sunk in, a few days later, when it had sunk in, what I'd done, I thought, oh gosh, you know, I, I didn't actually feel nervous about Antarctica because I thought, how can it be worse than this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's about as low as, <laughs> low as it can get. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's Asia done. And um, I'm guessing the last thing left on the list was South America. Is that yeah, it was. Yeah. And so the Asia one was actually last August. Um, so we, the marathon was on the 2nd of August. Cool. Yeah. And we'd had it planned for, for us about a year or so that we'd entered it. And then before we went, so it would have been about June, I was thinking, gosh, um, if we go and do Antarctica in, in March, which was planned, we'll have to then do South America after that. And I turned 50 in September last year, and I, I wanted to go somewhere special to, for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. And I did a bit of hunting around, and I found an obscure little marathon in South America that was the day before my birthday. Oh, very good. So <laughs> I decided to enter for it. And I told Joe what I'd done. And she said, oh, no, but that means... 
Antarctica will be your seventh and it won't be mine. <laughs> and it's quite funny because at the start of this, I'd said to my partner, he was coming with me for my birthday. I said, oh, just be a romantic couple of weeks away, just the two of us. And I'll just slot a little marathon in there. Yeah. And then um, Joe said, oh, would you mind very much if I registered? So she came <laughs> along too. And then I ended up, my sister and her husband flew out from the UK. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, the but whole the entourage. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, if anybody ever wants to get a podium finish on a marathon and get the most amazing trophies, I would highly recommend the Binacional, it was called. Cool. It actually went from Uruguay to Argentina. Wow. And it's run by this tiny little club. Everybody else there was either from Uruguay, Argentina, or they're a group of Brazilians. And um, yeah. and all the profits from the race, from the race entry, go towards buying the cups and the medals. <laughs> so there were uh, there were about two hundred people running, and there were about one hundred and fifty prizes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Uh, so Joe and I got these fantastically big cups. I mean, they're, they're like something you'd get at the Grand Prix. Yeah. And um, and we both got on the podium first time ever. <laughs> so it was it was a very exciting little race to do. Oh, well done. And did you need your passport to cross the? Yeah, you the did. Border? You yeah. did. So we didn't have to carry our passport with us. We had to give all the details beforehand, but we needed it for coming back. Wow. But fortunately, Paul came across and um, and bought our passports for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've heard of other people running between borders in South America, but it's usually for other reasons rather, <laughs> rather than races. Yeah, no, no medication involved in this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, um, yeah, it's usually that you're carrying something a bit more serious than gels. <laughs> um, oh. oh well, that's that's amazing. And with all the marathons you've done, what would be? Um, what would be your favourite one? Or, or let's put it this way, what would be the one that you'd most like to go back and do again? Um, I really enjoyed the Outback one, I think, because yeah. it was the first time in that experience. But there's another one that I did that I'd, I'd quite like to go at a different time of year. They do another race in the winter. So it's called the Midnight Sun Marathon. And it was up in Norway, in Tromso, in the Arctic Circle. Yes, yep. And, and it's it's almost, at midnight, is it? And that you sort of run through the night. That's right. Yeah, you start at eight 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 o'clock at night, and then you run through the night, and it's light. Um, and it's actually on the summer solstice. And they also do a winter one where you get to see the northern lights and oh, run wow. through the night when it's dark. And yeah. I wouldn't mind giving that one a go sometime. <laughs> wow. And. Speaking of that, are there any other bucket list races or next goals that you want to tick off? Oh, yeah. I'd, um, so I'm doing Berlin in September and yeah. there are a couple of other ones, um, Tokyo, Boston and Chicago. Oh, if I do those, then you get majors. the majors medal, which is because it's all about the bling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, there's the most amazing medal for that one that's got sort of six medals in one. Um, and this time next year, hopefully I'll be on my way home from the Marathon de Sable. So Joe and I have both nice. entered that which is the 250k across the desert in North Africa. Yeah, wow. Well, you're, you're definitely ticking off many of the uh, big uh, big goals that many runners have around the world. So uh, well done for being so adventurous with your running, and it, it really is inspiring. Um, now, to give people a little bit of a picture, what do you do um, with, with the rest of your life when, you, when you're not running and... <laughs> Well, I actually I work as a business advisor for one of yeah. the big accounting firms, so I'm um, awesome. a director at Staples Rodway. Cool. 
And um, and so yeah, I spend my day working with businesses on governance and strategy and and um, business valuations. And most of my clients, when I see them, the first thing they ask is, "Where's your next run? Or where have you just been? Or tell me about Antarctica." Yeah, so yeah. Um, so that's quite good fun. Yeah, and um, I, I'm guessing the the running provides a, a welcome relief from. What, what must be a pretty stressful role at some stage, sometimes. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I love running is, is the stress yeah. relief that it provides, whether that be work stress or family stress. It's it's really good to just get outside. And since I discovered trail running, I mean, trail running is even better than being on the roads, just getting out yeah. in nature and, and yeah, running out in the Y-Tex, it's really good. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'm sure our listeners have been taking down notes and thinking, oh, I want to do that and I want to <laughs> tick off those races. So thanks for inspiring us all and um, well done for all the running journey that you've done so far. Okay. Thanks very much, Aiden. Cool. Thanks, Tracy. Break it down. All right, so once again, incredible interview. Uh, we haven't listened to it yet. In fact, we haven't done it, but it will be incredible. Yeah. So um, to cover off the news for the last week of um, of athletics yeah. and running in, yeah. in the country. And, and one awesome extreme to another. So I yeah. love... Um, awesome people like you just interviewed who are out there doing extreme things like running seven marathons in the seven continents but are just average everyday people in yeah, reality yeah. through to the superstars of our sport um, including six talented young athletes who have been named for the world champs team and this is the initial selection for the athletics New Zealand team to the world champs Yeah. and so tell us what that means Hayden uh, well from what I understand there's a selection window mm. um, which usually runs for a year, maybe just over a year, yeah, depending over a year. on the event. So I think marathon runners get a little bit more time. Um, and if you've hit the time, the A standard, generally you're in. Yep. Um, I think if you hit a couple of Bs, you can get, get in, but it usually comes at a later selection. Yep. Um, so the initial selection, uh, we've got a team of six that are going to the London world champs which will be a big one because it's five years on from london olympics and um yeah i think it'll be quite a cool one um the brits always do a good job with these events yeah they do and the athletes you know as fun as it may seem to go to exciting and and exotic locations like like rio and new delhi which had the commonwealth games the athletes by and large generally enjoy going to english-speaking yeah. countries where they know the food will be familiar and and things yeah. will be well organized so that Absolutely. they'll be looking forward to london and so tell us about this team yeah so we've got the two shot putters jacko and tom uh yep. shuins and obviously eliza mccartney as well so that's our our field uh team so sorted far. so far yep um any other field athletes you think would make the cut maybe on the, um on the cusp um yeah. so ben langdon Bernal needs an 83 which uh, he's going to Europe, and part of his Europe trip is the World University Games. Cool. Uh, so he'll have a couple of good opportunities to get that. Yeah. Um, and there's a young lady by the name of uh, Valerie Adams. Is she? She's training because I she is training. follow her on Facebook. Cool. I do believe she had tentatively taken the year off and was hoping to get pregnant. Yeah. I think that was the plan, so I don't know. I, 
watch the space. Yeah, watch yeah. the space, and then I feel like she could just go out there and just throw the thing and, yeah. and get the standard. Because yeah. what would it be like? Seventeen? Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also a hammer thrower. Uh, who's a lovely young lady from Hamilton. Oh, and has been Princeton. over state, overseas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she got a medal at the Commonwealth Games, and I can't remember her name. You know, <laughs> she's she's really close. Like, she's two, two and a half metres away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say she's a shoe, and I think she's off to World University Games. Yeah. I feel like an idiot for not knowing her name. She's an absolutely Terrible. electric character. But anyway. Um, and then our other, other pole vaulter. What's our junior... Nah, Eliza McCall. Yeah, I don't think she's... I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you, Hayden. I don't think she's hit a B standard yet. Um, And so I'm not even sure if she's going to Europe. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, The cool thing is Joseph Miller is selected um, for the 200. We'll wait and see if he gets that 100. Um, Well, he's got a B standard for the 100. Oh, cool. He's listed for the two. He will be running the one and the two. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 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 Just because he's there, you may as well put him in both. So the selections so far, uh, looking at that list, it's just people who have hit an A qualifying standard. In, in the time frame. Yeah, and, cool. Yeah, so that's yeah. what we see. Um, then we've got Quentin Rue in the 50k um, and Zane, 50k walk, I should say. Yeah. Um, and Zane Robertson in the 10,000 metres on the track. Yeah, so, yeah. Nice. So, so that's exciting. And then, so we talked about the field eventers who um, may still have a shot of making it in. On the track, that list grows a lot. Yeah. We've got an athlete that we're going to talk about in the news, Jake Robertson. Um, yep. He's run 27.54 this past weekend on the roads. Yep. Uh, 27.52, sorry, uh, winning the Crescent City 10 kilometres, which is in New Orleans, uh, beating a, a really classy field of Kenyans there. Um, he is running the Hinglo 10,000 in a couple of weeks. Um, where you know, he's not aiming for a qualifier and he's yeah. not aiming for a New Zealand record. He's aiming for one of the fastest ever white men to have lived. So wow. It's cool. I love how they just... They're, like, they're yeah. not just out there to make a team. No. They're, they're there to like... In, in fact, to the extreme where I don't think they care too much about the teams. Yeah. You know, um, they're, they're out to run fast. Yeah. Uh, and that may at some stage translate into some major championship medals. Um... But, you know, yeah. Uh, So Jake Robertson, I expect to see him hit the time. There's a couple of other runners, though, uh, on the guy side. Yeah, well, obviously, like Hamish Carson, Nick Willis, um, Eric Eric Speakman, Julian Julian Matthews. So we've got a a handful there. A padre. And also a bunch of other guys who just this weekend are also putting up their hands um, over in the States. I mean, it would take a bit of a bolter for one of them to come out. Um, yeah. But who knows? Because they're they're racing some of the top middle distance athletes yeah. in the world in the yeah. college system there. Yeah. And um, if ever you're going to bolt in your career, yeah. <laughs> now's the time. Now's yep. the time to do it. Yeah. So should we cover off some of those results from those guys? Yeah, recently? yeah. Because it is really exciting to see the the next generation of New Zealand 1500 meter runners come through. I guess yeah. the the thing to note is they are all US based. Um, so some names that may be familiar to you, uh, and and the guy who ran the fastest PB, Geordie Beamish, three forty one point seven eight, and yeah, that's at that's the phenomenal. That's that's uh, in uh, California at the Brian Clay Invitational he ran. Now, 
Now, Geordie Beamish, Beamish is a familiar name. His older brother, Hugo, yep. quite a, quite an achieved 5,000-metre uh, runner. They're is both Stony Brook? Uh, I believe so. They're both out of Wanganui yeah. Collegiate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, that's a huge uh, improvement by Geordie. But uh, it certainly didn't stop there with the great 1,500-metre running. I mean, th- what excites me about Beamish's run is that's about where Eric Speakman was this time last year. Yeah. And he got down to 3.37. Yeah. So that, I mean, it's not to say that he's going to take another jump, but now he's like that, that next generation coming through. He's yeah. following close in the footsteps. Yeah, look, of, and he's, he's young. We're talking yeah. 21, 22. So it's, it's he, he's doing all the right things. And, uh, you know, the... He was, was he, what does this mean? 4R15? I think that uh, he was. Fourth in round 15. Fifteen. Or 15th and fourth round? I don't know, yeah. They have so many heats at some of these oh, meets, yeah. it's crazy. And most of the finishes are like throw a blanket over them. So, yeah. yeah, they're great races to run fast, and he wasn't the only one to run fast. We've got a. Yeah. So Ben Moynihan, um, he ran 3.45. Uh, Matt Baxter ran 3.45. And so those are both PBs. And so great to see Matt Baxter. He ran a, a really quick 10K, under 29 minutes uh, a couple of weekends yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And so great to see him backing uh, down and have the speed going that well yeah, uh, this time sure. of the year. So, you know, if you want to be a kind of a, a, a quality international level 10,000 metre runner, there's no doubt about the fact you need to be a sub four minute miler. Yeah. So I'm really pleased to see that 1500 PB by Matt Baxter. It yeah. makes me happy. So, yeah, yeah, cool. And other results from the States at the Mount Sac Relays, we had Grace McConaughey run the 10,000 metres in a tick under 34 minutes. So yeah, great. Not really nice solid time. Three thirty-three fifty-eight. Yep. Um, and Mike Lowe. How how good is that? That's a that's a pretty big PB yeah. for Mike Lowe. He's run twenty-nine fifty-three for ten thousand meters on the track. So Would uh, you say they're about equivalent? A four minute difference between men men and women? Yep, yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Maybe a little less, yeah, three and a half. Because what are the best women in the world run? Well, low thirties. Low thirties, yeah. And if you're and, on, if you're on drugs, maybe yeah, under thirty. Drugs, no. under 30 yeah, yeah. So thirties no. and the best men twenties under twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's three and a half, four minutes. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, yep, interesting. Yeah, no, but good running. You know, Mike Lowe, not one of the kind of big names in, in the Athletics New Zealand circles, but it's really pleasing. Any time a man can go under 30 minutes, you know, he's done yep. a lot of hard work it, to, to get that time. So, well To done. me, it, if you're running domestically, it stamps the mark on, like, okay, I'm the, one of the guys to watch at National uh, national Cross Country Champs at, yeah. at any half marathon in the country. You're yeah. one, of, one of the guys... Um, to take it out, and same again with the ladies. If you're under 34, you're really you're really humming. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Particularly domestically, you'll likely uh, do what Laura Nagel did this year and pick up multiple national titles running that sort of time. Yeah. Uh, so it's great to see Grace McConaughey, uh, you know, running that over in the states. Cool. Over to Boston, and Hi. we had a whole bunch of races. So obviously the marathon was on. Yeah, and then they also they've made it a whole festival of running. So there's yeah. a, a 5k on which was run but won by one of the good americans ben true yeah and there's also a street mile New 5k american record yes Am I, right? I 
I'll, close to it. I'll buy yeah. that. I yeah. thought Bernard Legat might have run quicker, but yeah. he, he might not have been naturalised at that stage, so yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah, and a street mile, which Nick Willis, our very own Nick Willis, took out the Boston Street Mile, which yeah. is it's one of his favourite races, and uh, it's great to see the mile being run on the roads. It's, uh, you know, we used to have it's quite cool. a high-profile mo- road mile series here in New Zealand, and it's kind of died, but I love to see them internationally. They're pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. the cool thing is when you see these guys up close on the roads, you realise how quick they're moving. Yeah. Like, they really are sprinting, and, yeah, and you kind of look at them like, whoa, they're, go- they're really going for it. Yeah. Whereas you see them on the track, and you, you you get this sort of distance, and it looks a bit, it's sort of a well, foreign world. And especially when they're all running together, and the, the, yeah. the strides are synced up, and it just looks so smooth that you don't get a good indication of the speed they're running. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a street mile is a great opportunity to see people up close and in real life. And Yeah. Yeah. Because you kind of think, okay, if this was a guy running down the street with the cops catching him, the cops wouldn't catch him. Oh. <laughs> and that, that was one of my first thoughts when I, when I watched the Although London... We do, um, we do have some fast <laughs> cops in New Zealand. Nyla Carroll, oh, uh, yeah, an Olympian, yeah. is a cop. Uh, Edwin Henshaw, former New Zealand cross-country champ, he's a cop down in, uh, I think, Bay of Plenty. So yeah. watch out, criminals, because there are some <laughs> fast cops out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so true. Uh, um, who's the one who... Uh, she's been on the show. Oh, Mel. Mel, okay. Mel okay. Yeah. God. Imagine how embarrassed you'd be if you were a fit young criminal <laughs> and then you got run down by this, you know, a little blonde female cop in her, it's probably in her 40s, Mel. Yeah, just, she probably knows Kung Fu as well. Oh, I bet she'll she'll oh, hunt you down after a 42k chase through the through the trails of the west coast and then kung fu you yeah i wouldn't pick, i wouldn't pick a fight with her so i better watch what i say so anyway so tell us about the main race is obviously the marathon which was yeah. quite exciting a couple of did you watch it no i didn't yeah uh, I've, I've i seen... never know when they're on i always yeah, get the they're... times mixed yeah, up yeah it's yeah it's confusing it, um I, i'll probably go back and watch um the made for tv highlights package yeah. uh, on the bike at some stage but um kenyan winners in both races yeah yeah yep yep um so not a huge surprise yeah, there jeffrey karui um just followed by galen rupp yeah they had big big hopes that there'd be an american yeah, winner yeah there hasn't been an is. american winner since 1983 or something silly like that oh didn't um oh, what's Meb, his name Meb? Meb or was that new york no it is, or did Meb, he do both Meb won and yeah. i think 2014 he has won both so this is where I get tricked and in, in with American imperialism. They they are American born, so he wasn't yeah. American born. So for some, you know, they don't count him, <laughs> which is actually a bit annoying because he is one. Of, he is, I think he he has a claim to be one of the top two or three American marathon runners of all time. A great, really long career. Uh, he, and he, if he I put on my American hat, he epitomizes the idea of the American dream to me. Yeah, like. Coming over from America, I think he he had a pretty crazy childhood. Yeah, from I what I what uh, I understand, Eritrean or something yeah. like that. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just such a legend, like such yeah. a good guy. Every interview here of him, oh yeah, such a good dude. Really, really good guy. Uh, brought up in kind of the inner city LA area. Went to UCLA. All American, coached by Bob Larson. I think he's still coached by Bob Larson. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and he he picked up. He he got dropped by Nike several. Yeah. It's like five years ago now, and he was the first ever high-profile athlete to sign with Skechers. 
He's done a really awesome, good. Hey? He's done a really yeah. good job in promoting sketches as a running brand. I honestly don't think they would exist as a running brand if it wasn't for Meb Kafleski and what he's done for them. So yeah, yeah, and and just a real winner. Uh, his Olympic silver medal. Yes, yeah, uh, two thousand and four. A fantastic race, and he's yeah. he is one of those pure marathon guys. Like he's run fast over five and ten. But not com- his marathon performances are way better than yeah. anything he did on the track. And he's a racer too. He yeah. really knows how to battle fourth at London. Yes, um, that's right. As a, I don't know, 38, 39-year-old yeah, or something. He's in his 40s, well yeah. into his 40s now. So, yeah, I'm a fan. He yeah. finished 13th in this race. About 217. So, yeah, um, still not bad running. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if he keeps going. But the, the top American finisher was Galen Rupp, who, you know, everyone talks about Galen Rupp a lot. Uh, the Yanks would have been gutted that he didn't win. Yeah. I'm not so He got gutted. silver at the Olympics, eh? Uh, In the marathon? Silver or bronze? Did I'm he? I'm pretty sure it was silver. Oh, yeah. 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 So, because uh, I'm a bit, you know, the whole thing with the drug allegations and the cheating but in a legal sense so yeah I don't, I, I don't know we're just going to look up Galen Rupp because I know he got I thought he got silver in the 10k yeah he did the the in London ah, so that was the one okay. behind Mo yep. Um, yep so that was the double yeah um, and silver yeah, let's yeah have a look yeah, you're looking in the wrong place, so we'll just... Uh, oh, oh, down there. Oh, yeah. There we go. Bronze. Bronze in Bronze the marathon. In the marathon. Yeah, should have known that off the Should've. top of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the other standout from an American point of view is the young Jordan Hesse. Yeah. Debuting with a 2.23 marathon. Yeah, and we talked about this. And it's yeah. funny you say young. She is young, but she doesn't seem young because she's been on the scene for ages. She was a... Her training age is probably about 45. Yeah, she was a high school <laughs> phenom, like qualified, I believe, for the US Olympic trials over 1,500 metres when she was still a junior in high school, made the final, just really, really uh, raced hard, really early, footlocker cross-country champion, which is a big deal over there, went to Oregon, and things just never really panned out for her at Oregon. Like, did she win stuff? Yes. Did she help her team? Yes. Did she fulfil the the mantra that everyone thought she would of the ne- being the next big thing? Absolutely not. She just didn't. You know, she's made teams to world championships and uh, and done okay internationally, but she hasn't stepped up like people thought she would. Yeah. Until this race, two twenty three zero zero on debut at Boston is a fantastic run. It's phenomenal, eh? Because yeah. Kim Smith, what's her best? Like 226, something like uh, that? 227? I, I want to say 225, but I, okay. I don't have any factual basis for that. But yeah, 223 yeah, is, is moving. It's, uh, yeah, it yeah. is absolutely moving. She was a top American. She bet uh, an American Desi... Somebody or other who uh, was Devere, um, yeah. But, I, I don't yeah. know her married name. She's a multiple uh, marathon Olympian, so yeah, she's she's uh, done done really well. And it looks like the marathon might be uh, her distance. Yeah. So yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, it's funny. Like one of the good things that I like about being a mediocre male runner is that my times are comparable to a lot of the elite females. Yeah. Um, so my five k time is very similar to hers. Uh, yeah. Fifteen twenty eight. My ten k time is a lot worse than hers. Yeah. yeah. Um, my half marathon time is a l- 
even worse than that. And my yeah. marathon time is terrible compared to her. So it shows she's doing a lot with the um, little amount of speed that she's got. Yeah. She's added a, lo- a lot of endurance to it. Yeah, and um, I mean, look, we're talking about her like she's the worst uh, done really badly. Yeah. 1500 PB, 407.7. You know, that's the New Zealand record's only 404, I think, from Nikki Hamlin. Yeah. So that, that would easily have her as the second or third fastest Kiwi of all time. So... Yeah, it's, but it is pleasing to see her get some time in the limelight. Uh, she, she's been had a lot of uh, talk around her, and so it's good to see her proving some of the knockers wrong. Yeah, coached should we start another coach, podcast, the the American yeah. Running Show? Yeah, well, she's she's also coached by Salazar, so I'm kind of you know also on the fence about her <laughs> and the the legality of what they're up to, the questions around that. So, but. Yeah. Putting that aside, 223. Probably got springs in her shoes if she's running for Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Special massages with the testosterone cream. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, in other news, though, at the Boston Marathon, we had uh, Rachel Smalley, uh, the the journalist, the, the Kiwi oh, journalist. Oh, really? Yeah. She, guess her time. Okay, here we go. 3.27. Oh, close. Uh, okay. 3.39. So. Oh, wow. Cool. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's cool. So if you're listening, Rachel, um, drop us a line and we'll, uh, we'll interview you because it'd be yeah. cool to hear about well, your training journey. And we've interviewed you qualified uh, and everything. Dom, Dom? Dom Harvey. He just uh, ran past you. Yeah. Before. Man, he was See? looking good. He's yeah. flying. He's training for World Masters this weekend. So oh, there you interesting go. Some, some last fast runs. In. No, so it'd be good. You know, we've interviewed some of the fastest celebrity men, but it looks like Rachel Smalley will be uh, one of the fastest celebrity females. So yeah, we need to have a chat with her. many others that would be quicker. There are a yeah. few that came in from other sports, like um, Sarah Ulmer, I think, ran a fast. Yes. She's run um, like a 35 or a 36 10k. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of cheating, eh? Yes. If you're already a celebrity uh, in an endurance sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebecca <laughs> Waddell. Waddell. Yep. She's uh, run pretty well, but she was a runner, a New Zealand junior record holder, so it doesn't, oh, yeah. doesn't count. She just, yeah switched to rowing and then married an Olympic champion so yeah but uh, anyway so any other news to well, cover off? the big news and it's more a um, bit of a hype up for what's coming is the World Masters Games yeah so that starts this weekend down here in Auckland um, do you have a few tempo fitters doing it? we've got heaps so really? um, yeah loads of our runners are doing it it's really cool um, seeing like a lot of these runners will be the first time they touch a track and probably the last time that they touch a track yeah so we've got people entered in the 800 um right up to the the half marathon cross country um 5k yeah that's awesome all of them and so where where's all this taking place so uh half marathon 10k is this saturday it starts at the cloud runs out along tamaki drive yeah um so just nice and flat cruisy cruisy run yep um and then the track stuff is out at henderson so at the the, yeah yep um and i'm not too sure of ticket information but i'm pretty sure it'll be cheap or very very free yeah i mean very cheap or 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 free i kind of hope it'll be free but yeah yeah. you never know yep um so pop along because there there'll be not only some some pretty speedy and talented athletes there yeah um but 
talk about inspiration central yeah. like if you avoid to go running in the next 24 hours after watching Masters Athletics yeah. um, I don't know if anything will inspire you to do yeah. it yeah. so the oldest athlete is 101 who's taking part in the World Masters yeah. Games Indian guy right yeah. yeah I saw him on the newspaper today so yeah yeah so it's cool impressive um, but as far as Kiwis go we've got um, Sally Gibbs who's who's probably one of the <laughs> The, yeah. the favourites to pick up some titles. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. she's she's entered in everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, and by that I mean um, probably everything from sort of eight hundred up to half marathon. Yeah, and, and yeah. everything in between. Yeah. Um, one of the runners that I've been helping out, Christine Adamson, she's been playing tennis basically all her life, and she's just turned sixty. Yeah. So she's in the sixties age group, and yeah. she'll be um, aiming to. Definitely in the hunt to, to pick off some medals, if, oh, not, if not some wins. So oh, cool. she's regularly running 5K in about 20 minutes flat um, at 60 wow, years old. So wow. pretty awesome. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, she, we're hoping she gets to the start line healthy. She's had a few few little niggles the yeah, last couple yeah. of weeks, as you do. Get her, in, get her in the pool, mate. Get yeah. her in the pool. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and aside from that, anyone else that you can think uh, of? Who Alan, I know Alan uh, James. Yeah, is, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's entered. Cool. Uh, stalking his uh, Facebook information. I know he was real pumped about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Quite a few kind of uh, Kiwis who have, who have been focusing on this for, uh, you know, almost long years. Time. Yeah, They've yeah. known that it was coming. So, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a, it's a big boost um, economically for, for Auckland. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a cool thing. It's awesome. Yeah. It'll be very cool. So we're we're going to hope to bring you some interviews and a bit of coverage from from the event um, in the next show. But otherwise, if you're in Auckland, come and check it out. Come and cheer on um, the the runners. And definitely, it is a one of those warm-hearted events that will get you inspired to to get out there and, and do the thing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's happening for you over the next little week? Um, just trying to get in a, a bit of running. Uh, yeah. yeah, a bit of coaching, spending, you know, with, you know, hopefully Keegan going to Worlds, the, the, I guess, training time that we're spending together has gone up quite a bit, just to try and maximise that opportunity. So we're catching up kind of three to five times a week. Wow. Awesome. Um more more like five times a week uh which is good uh but that's a lot of time yeah um and so yeah just looking to get in a bit of my own running this is what prompted the whole you know getting in your running efficiently because yeah. i'm not doing a very good job <laughs> of that uh yeah no and then i uh, actually a few holidays coming up oh, nice. um well, i've got a mate coming over from the states and we're going to do a bit of a road trip um, I've yeah, and just uh, lined up a holiday with the missus. So I actually got like three holidays within two months. Awesome. Which, Overseas? Uh, no. Oh yes, uh, yeah. going to State of Origin with some friends. Oh, uh, wicked. Yeah, I'm not That'd actually a massive fan of State. Like I love League. Yeah. But uh, I've got two friends who are obsessed with it, so I'm kind of like the third wheel. Yeah. Uh, well, at least you can't yeah. be on the losing team if you, uh, if, if you I'll don't pick have a state. A, I'll pick a team and then. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's annoying because they're so into it. Just take two jerseys. And they'll just make the maroon one. Yeah, they, they'll make fun of They're both 
Queensland supporters, uh, and I'm yeah. kind of a New South Wales supporters, and they'll make fun of me and rib me, and I'm like, ah, I'm just, I'm actually just here to hang out with you guys, yeah. and you're giving me shit. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, gets old. Anyway, okay. what about you? Tell what's happening with Tempo Fit, mate? Yeah, well, we've got uh, some cool new developments. So we've just launched Tempo Fit online. So we've had a lot of inquiries from people saying, oh, I really want to do two- Tempo Fit, but I'm living in um, Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or... Like, literally? <laughs> yeah, we've had a few from overseas and yeah. um, Nelson or... Yeah, yeah. yeah, or I just can't make the workout. So we've put together a program where you can do it from wherever you are in the world. Yeah. You'll get a coach. So um, And it's only about 10 bucks a week. So you can um, sign up um, have a chat to a coach the coach will put a plan together yeah. um, online workouts drills online yeah. um, online community all that stuff so cool. yeah 10 bucks a week we've tried to keep the price really That's, really accessible that is pretty pretty low yeah, yeah. I, I, I was looking at some of your uh, competition the other day because there's a few people I get not you know in this uh, market space and it's interesting where people are coming in with their price points yeah yeah for this but 10 bucks a week sounds pretty uh, reasonable to me yeah yeah a small price to pay for uh, for a lifetime of fitness and a, and a few p- few PBs so, yeah. yeah very good and kind of how we wanted to do it was make it really personalized like anyone can go online and just download a plan to run a half marathon and that yeah. that often works for people but if you um, um, really want to um, personalise it and um, really hone in on what's going to be right for yourself yeah. um, and not leave anything, any stone unturned. I think getting a coach alongside you to write a, a plan that's going to work for you is, is quite important. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we've tried to do. Yeah, something as simple as the plan recognising the fact that you're going on a holiday in a certain period yeah, and just timing your down weeks to fit in with the holiday whereas you know if you just pick up a plan from the internet it's not going to know you're going on holiday and can't do any of that training in the most important peak period yeah yeah. you know or that you like to go to parkrun every saturday or that there's these other races that you're entered and how does that fit around your half marathon schedule and yeah um yeah so it can can get very complicated very quick and then you throw in injuries to the mix and other goals like i want to lose weight and I, I want to um, enjoy myself and not worry too much about times. And yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, um, yeah. personalizing things can be a really, um, really big one for people. Um, we've even gone to the point where we've thrown free training plans up on the website, so you can actually just go and download a free one if you if you want it. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to get it personalized, then you can um, join up for the paid service. So, cool. Yeah, cool. that's cool. That's very cool. And uh, so. If- people want to get more information on that where can they head yeah just jump over to tempofit.org um slash online we'll take you there but you'll see all the links there Sweet. um yeah and feel free to drop us an email krs at tempofit.org we've had some really good feedback lately from people saying they're Sweet. enjoying the show ah. um in spite of our amateurish efforts it's yeah enjoyed that's good now i forgot to mention as well we had a um uh, email back about Owaraka. Um, your your comments about the the club being just for kids. Oh yeah. Um, they said they're actually making some big gains in um, in adult stuff. So there's oh. there's a lot more lot more going on now, and, and it sounds like they're doing some good work there. And okay. oh, um, Julie noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, please accept my humble apologies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So. 
keep the keep the comments coming. Yep. Tell us what you'd like on the show. Um, like we said last week, if there's any stories out there, we want to share them, um, especially those inspirational stories. Yeah. Um, and also sign up on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, flick a review. Um, especially if it's a five star review it yeah, really helps yeah, us yeah. get the word out it actually does and look we're we're loving bringing the show um, we like to think we're going out to a decent audience so please do uh, share it with your running friends uh, let them know about it so they can uh, hopefully check it out and get on board as well uh, absolutely and, until next week uh, happy running guys look forward to talking then ka kite break it down break it down like this